all of you. It's a wonderful opportunity for me to once again to stand before you to share the, the longest message ever I've served. <laughs> it is actually this message I prefer mostly Indian because in Indian, 20 minutes, 30 minutes is not enough. So we preach a bit longer, around an hour also. Yeah. And today, yeah. And today my message is, I'm going to talk about who said I'm unworthy or I'm a poor and I'm a small. And that kind of people, how God lift them up, how God care. Even the, the world we live, the small peoples are not being treated nicely or not being treated or respectfully like that, but where the gods, he care for the small people. Can we put this the slide, please? Okay. All right, let's look to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank and praise you once again this morning. Lord, we come to your presence. Lord, we come with an empty heart to receive from you this morning, Lord. Lord, let your words penetrate our heart and mind and renew our thinking, renew our life, and renew our way of behaviors in this world, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day. Lord, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in our midst. You be the speaker, and you speak to your people and revive us, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for this precious time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Do we have the scripture? All right. All right. I'm going to read uh, Isaiah chapter. If you have Bible, you can turn with me. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22. In NLT, it says like this. The smallest family will become a thousand people. And the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. That is the NLT. And the NIV, it's just like this. The least of you will become thousand. The smallest, a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. And today, my title of my sermon is, The Little One Will Be Thousand. The little one will be thousand. We all have dealt smallness in our uh, lives at the times. Somewhere or somehow we feel very small. Hmm? Some of us also have felt small at the times. This smallness can be in area of our age. It can be in our area of our strength. Like me, I'm a small. So when there are big people, yes, I'm a small. Yeah. It could be in an area of education. It could be in area of our gifting. It could be area of our in many things like a socials or in in jobs. And all. we feel small, isn't it? And when we feel small, the one thing happened is that the world that we live it is not kind to the small people. Uh, when we feel small, you know that's what we've been treated, and this. They don't treat with respect. If we look at the Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 16, it says like this. 
wisdom is better than strength, but the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are no longer heeded. That is a very powerful word, eh? A poor man's wisdom is despised. When you are poor, your wisdom is unvalued. Wisdom is better than strength, no doubt about it. But this wisdom, this wisdom is with a poor man, it's very pathetic status. His word will not have any consequence. Why? Not because he is not wise, because he is a poor. That's what the word of God says. And if you read in Psalms chapter 22, verse 6 to 8, it says, but I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insult, shaking their head. Because he is small. That's why if that is the giant, you know, they would not despise. That they would have not uh, scorned him. They, they would have not thrown insult him if that's the bigger. Because he is small. The state of small people are very sad and painful. The way their fellow human being treated is not that very happy one. Same problem also enter in Christian churches as well. In the Christianity, when, that's what the book of James chapter 2, we read there. Chapter 2 verse 2 and 3, it says that, suppose a man comes to, into your meeting wearing gold rings and fine cloth, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. You show special attention to the man wearing the fine cloth and say, here is a good seat for you. But you say to the poor man, you sit on the floor by my feet. That also probably it was happening. That's what the Apostle James is writing. This is. See, both of them, they are human beings. Both of them, they are believers. Both of them, they are coming to worship God. And, uh, but Apostle James says that you are treating both of these people based on their social and economical status. He says church should not be so such kind of difference and partiality. We live, a, you know, just now we read that the first scripture, that is my main scripture, Isaiah chapter 60 verse 22. The least you will become a thousand. The smallest, a mighty nation, I am the Lord, in its time I will do this very swiftly. The Bible does not say they will be great because of their self-effort, all these little people, the small people, but the Lord will do it. He says, I will do it in its time. Our God will make a little one a thousand. He will make some small one a strong nation. Even our Lord, as you, this scripture they didn't say the little one. The, he didn't say even numbers. There is no numbers. The little one. It is despised one. That's what God wanted to lift it. And today that's what my message is that when we feel unworthy and small in some area of our, our life, God is saying that I will lift you up. I will care for you. That is the promise today. Hmm? You will be very surprised to see the way God deals with poor people in the Bible. When the world does not regard the poor, the Lord regards the poor. When the world does not care and lift and exhort them, but God 
cared them and he lifted them up and he exhorted them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 onward, if you read, it says that, Brother and sister, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standard. Not many were influential. Not many were of you noble birth. But God chose the foolish thing of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God, God loved the despised people. God loved the uncared people. God loved the this captive people to set them free and to lift them up. God showed the despised people of the world to display his glory. We serve a God who is the greatest of all gods. He is the wisest of all. But when he calls people for his own purpose, he does not call the wise. He does not call the great and mighty people. He goes for the most ignored, the foolish, the weak, for his heavenly calling. And... Uh, in this world, the best company will have the best brain, isn't it? The best company wanted to hire the best brain, the smartest of all people. But the, our greatest of all, our, our God, who is, whom he is calling, not the best. And he called the least of all whom the world has rejected them. God is calling, you are the best for me. God is not making hundred into thousand, but he is making the little one to thousand. God has a special way looking people, those that feel unworthy. Psalms chapter 68 verse 5, it says, A father to the fatherless, a defender of widow, is God in his holy dwelling. When the whole world despises them, the widow and the fatherless, God says, I am your father. I will take your justice in my name, in my hand. That is the God who is standing when people say, I'm unworthy. I'm a fatherless. I'm a widow. And there is a scripture that says that when a worldly husband died, God became the husband of that woman. Hallelujah. Many times, actually, Widows are in our society, they are untreated, they looked down, they don't, because nobody's there. But above all the human husband, there is a husband, he, who is a husband? It is a God. That's what the scriptures say, I am her husband. Means we should not take advantage when the things, um, like in, in my country, in India, the, once the widow they are being so spoiled. I mean, they're treated such a barely that, you know. But the word of God says that God says, I am your husband. Then we should be respect and we have properly towards them. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 18, it says like this. I will make river flow on barren heights, the spring within the valley, I will turn the digit into pools of water and the perch ground into spring. This is a wonderful promise God has given. God says, I will turn entire digit into a grassland. I will turn digit into an oasis. He, he, such a powerful God, he can do it. It is a great promise. 
when you look at this promise, for whom God is going to do, that is this blessing, for whom God is promised, that is more interesting. That makes the whole thing really interesting. If you look at verse 17, it says, The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are spurred with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, I the God of Israel, will not focus, forsaken them. Here, a requested a prayer made by, not made by the rich man, but it's presented by a poor man. Here, the poor man says that, Lord, I need water. My, I am thirsty. I, I don't find water anywhere. When God hears that prayer, God says, I will make river on a barren height. I will open up the desert and uh, oasis for you. That's what the... I will make the wilderness full of water. I will turn dry land into a beautiful land. That's what God promised. It means God loved these poor people. Love those who say, I'm unworthy. I'm, you know, I'm looked down by others. When you feel that, that's where the God's looking at us and God is helping us. And when a poor man go to God and pray, Lord, I'm you know, I am thirsty, I need water. God says, I will open the river. Not just I will give you just a cup of water or a bottle of water. No, God says, I will open the river for you. Hallelujah. And the most interesting thing, in Isaiah chapter 61, the reason Jesus came to this world and how, how he came and for whom he came. He said this, the spirit of God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, the brokenhearted, and all the people whom, these are the poor people whom Jesus came, a broken people and a poor people and a captive, you know, and none of them are the noble men. He's, he, and Jesus, he says that his all anointing is for people, those who are poor, those who are broken, those who are captive, the same God of compassion telling us today that the little one will be thousand, a small one he will turn into a great nation, and uh, a small one will become a strong nation. It may look like impossible, it may look like difficult, it looks like it, it is too big for us, but let's look to God, his promised is, uh, is true, and this is promise will stand forever. We may weak, we may be small, but we serve a great God. How many of you believe this today? Mm. Whom will? There are three points I'm going to talk about today. Whom will God make a strong nation? Because that's what we did. The smallest one will be strong nation. So God is promised this, but whom this is? What sort of people is um, God is going to make a strong nation, a powerful nation, a, and the small one? As we and the NLT for a small family, I will make you thousand people. Oh, what a blessing that would be, isn't it? So for whom God is saying that today? We'll see that. Who are these small people? God is going to make them a strong nation. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 5, it says, 
Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down to Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. This, when we, this, when he went down to the Egypt, it is, talks about Isaac, oh, sorry, Jacob, he is going down with his family, okay? How did he go to Egypt? How did he dwell there? He went there as a stranger. Actually, he, he did not change his, I mean, oh, so let's go to, that is a better country, we'll go and live there. No, he didn't go, because there was a famine in the land, and the God, it is the God caused the famine, because he is the controller of all the things happening in the world. So there was a famine, and he went, and uh, he lived, this Jacob and his family, the, you know, he lived, they lived as a stranger, they lived as a pilgrim. He had nothing of his own. Though his beginning was very small, the Lord made his great nation. You know, the land was given to them. They did not buy. The Goshen, the best land, uh, it was given to them. Look at the way Israel began. Eh? Lord called one person, Abraham. He had to leave his people and nation and everything behind. And he went empty-handed. He was a very weak man in the beginning. When I said this, it actually, you will know that. He was very weak and a fearful man. He feared the human in the beginning. He did not have his own child. He did not have a single child of his own. He had few servants. Wherever country or whatever country he entered, he entered with fear. He did not have courage to give his security to his wife. He, he had to lie that Sarah is his sister. He did not have enough courage to say that Sarah is my wife because king may kill him and take away Sarah from him. That's how Abraham's life began. But the Lord told him that I will make you a strong nation. I will make you a great people, and your people will multiply. You will be, you know, numerous. That's what God promised. But the man who started, a old man who had even not have his own child, uh, 100 years old, and God says, I will give a child. That's what the Sarah loved. Eh? Isaiah chapter 41, verse 14, it says, Do not be afraid, you warm Jacob. Little Israel, do not fear, for I myself will help you, declare the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Do you know how God is naming Jacob in this verse? Do not fear, you worm, you know, you men of Israel help you. A worm has you know, even don't have a legs, you don't have a wings, you don't have, you have to creep. It means you are a small man. That's what God is saying here. This is how Israel began. But the Lord say, even though you are few in number, I will make you strong nation. Why did God do that? In Deuteronomy chapter 7, 7 to 8, if you read there, it says, I am actually, I have a lot of scripture today as well. 
So, you, yeah. The Lord did not... Okay, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. The Lord did not set his affection on you and chose you because you were most numerous than other people. For you were fewest of all people, but it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestor that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Here, the Lord did not choose you because you are the large number. He did not choose you because you are the prime most people. Lord, Lord says, you were few and least of everyone. Do you know why God made them great nation? Verse 8, it says that, because the Lord loved you. You know, when the God's love is upon us, we will be great people. We will be a biggest family. We will be the strongest in the ministry. When, when the God's love will, you know, rest upon us. The, my first point is that God will make a great nation the one on whom God set his love often. All we need to do is to, to have a great family, great strong nation, is that we have to be abide in his love. You know? God set his love upon us. That's what Jesus, he came from the heaven and he died for us so that we can have a life, so that we can be connected. You know? It is not based on our capacity or we are worthy of it, but it's God's Love, it is a unconditional. If God's love shine upon us, then he will make us strong nation. He will make us strong people. It may look like, uh, it may look at the nest. Let's look, the, if we look at the nation of Israel, almost everyone were very small people. And let's look to the Gideon. When God says, Gideon chapter George, uh, sorry, not Gideon chapter, there is no chapter. George, chapter 6, verse 6, no, sorry, chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. God is saying to Gideon, the Lord turned him and said, go into the strength, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Actually, Gideon's life is very interesting. All of a sudden, God is saying, go in the strength you have. God is not saying, you go, I will be with you. I will give you strength. I will stand with you. I will give all the equipment to fight. No, God says, go with the strength I have given you. And that's what he says, Lord, you know, in the Gideons, if you read those scriptures, it says that he had a doubt. All the Midianites, they are oppressing their people. When the harvest time comes, they lit the fire and their tent are being burned and they are oppressed for years and after years and year after. And here, God's coming to Gideon and sending. And Gideon, he said, Lord, and he's praying to God. All the ancestors, they said that how God delivered them from the Egypt, from the hands of Pharaoh. Where is that God? 
if god with us why all these things means he had a doubt about his past he had a doubt about his present even he has a doubt about his future and now the god says go in the strength i have given you you know and there is a lord i am the smallest the tribe i born from the place i'm come from the place i born it the smallest place in the tiniest place who am i and I, above all i'm the youngest of my family here we see that you know how can i save my people that's what you know the gideon says my family is the least of tribe and myself is the least of my family look at the first king of god chose uh, like you know, soul is it says in 1 samuel 921 it says soul answered but am i not a benjamin from the smallest tribe of israel and is not my clan the least of all the clan of the tribe of benjamin the clans of um, tribe of benjamin why do you s- s- say such thing to me means he also there that my tribe the smallest among all the 12 tribe and why do you say to me it is very interesting how god chose god did not choose the top most people but he chose the lower most people they were the least they were the smallest but god say i am going to make a nation through you i am going to make a great nation by using small like you smallest of all look at abraham he was called father of nation he had no hope that he would have child his wife when he heard she she will have a child she laughed god did not choose while abraham was prime of his youth also sarah yeah but god waited until their body died god waited until all strength has gone god waited until his child wearing age is past god waited until all his strength gone away and all hope and all expectation gone there was no hope that abraham will have a child they became so small that they did not even dream to have a child when he became least of everything he became very very small god strength him and he brought him as a mighty nation because he has loved him because he has set his love upon him he will the one god set his love upon he will make a mighty nation and a mighty family and when you look at yourself you may you may be you maybe you don't look like the right candidate to be a mighty nation you have a lot of weaknesses and you may have a lot of needs you may have a lot of shortcoming all you need to do is that the love of god has pour in your heart which you should abide in his love when you abide in the love he will say that you are the smallest i will make you the strongest nation whom god will make the strongest where god loves is poured and who abide in it he will make the strength and the my second let's the second point whom god will make 
a strong nation. Genesis chapter 18, verse 17. It says, Then the Lord said, that's to, that to Abraham, Shall I hid from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right, right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. Here it is very interesting. God is saying to Abraham, he will make a great nation. Hmm? God says, I will make him a great and mighty nation. I will make him mighty nation. And now the verse, who will direct his children and his household to keep the way of the Lord doing what is right and just? How he is going to direct his family? Hmm? It says that who, when we say direct, Direct means it's not suggestion. Direct is when I have learned this, uh, the fire safety things in the hospital and wherever I work, when the coordinator, the who had the vest, whatever they direct, you have to follow. Isn't it? It's a direction. You can't, there is no asking questions that time. Isn't it? Hmm? It's a direction. Here God says that Abraham is the man. He will direct his family. He will, what it means that, he will command. He will treat his family with a commanding authority. He will have authority over his children. He will not leave all his children as they pleased. He will not leave his children in uncontrolled atmosphere. He will not leave his children grow in an indisciplined way. The Lord say, here I know Abraham. He will make right with his children. He will leave God's way to his children and the household. And this is the man. I will make him great nation. They, you know, they, they will keep their children and the household. They will keep the law of the Lord. They will do righteous and justice. It will be. It will not be an option, but it will be a command not to break the law of God. He will have authority over his house. He makes no compromise with justice and righteousness. He will lead the family in the way of the Lord. Lord has planned, if God wanted to make us a great nation, great family, we need to show a lot of care the way we bring our children Bible says, a child left to himself will bring disgrace to his mother. Bible also says that guide a child in a God's way while he is young so that he will not depart from it when he is old. When a child is growing, it is very important that he or she should be direct in the way of the Lord. More than giving their, I mean, the secular degree or education, more than giving them the comfort of the life, more than giving, you know, all this 
the worldly thing our children should grow in the way of the lord that is the very important bible say abraham will do that is why i am going to make him a great nation and today if we want to be a blessing then let's start like a, you know god is commanding god is saying that you are small i will make you great nation but these are the things that you direct your children in a godly way who who will go turn into greatness the one who direct his family in the way of the lord the first thing the god's love where it is where it is set upon whom it is set upon and the second one is the the one who, who direct his family in the way of the lord and the third thing and the last thing i want to say whom will god make a mighty nation deuteronomy chapter deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 13 and 14 and the lord said to me i have seen this people and they are a stiff naked people indeed let me alone so that i may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven and i will make you into a strong nation and more numerous than they i will make you a great mighty nation but i will destroy the israelites those are those are following you this actually this pro, this earlier god told to uh, moses in the number chapter 14 there it says lord said to moses how long will these people will treat me with contempt how long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the sign i have performed among them i will strike them down with a plague and destroy them but i will make you into a great i will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they here god is saying to moses that is hmm? moses is repeating in the same yeah why did god say is that god said to moses because uh in the deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 11 12 said that at the end of 40 days of fasting i mean 40 days uh, when moses was taken away to the mount to when where god gave the uh, 10 commandments the tablets and uh, when he came back just before they came back even god told to moses you go to the people because already they have departed from me and they have made a a idol for themselves over for 40 days moses was not there hein eh? eh? they they turned away quickly and uh, they have made idol themselves they have turned away quickly from what i have commanded what is the problem here whom the lord turned into a mighty nation is that the one who stood fast with the lord here israelite if you see israelite they were they were in slavery for 430 years and this 430 years they were crying lord deliver us lord deliver us and they crying and praying and god heard their prayer but after delivery after they learned the they leave the egypt in in the wilderness where they have never sown 
or the harvest or planted or anything, God was providing the, all the food. And God was the, you know, in the night, he was the pillar of fire. In the daytime, he was the pillar of cloud. Means they were having a good life. Forty years, they have done nothing. Just as God led them, they are going. They don't have to work. But in that very moment, now they turned back to the idol. And these people, they did not turn to idol in Egypt. They did not turn to the idol in Egypt. They knew idol will not listen. They turned to idol in the wilderness where there is a freedom, where there is a blessing. And now they turn to idols where the Moses, where Moses actually he, he, you know, he's the daughter, um, Pharaoh's daughter's son. Moses, in those days, in the Egypt, king and the royal people only had access to the temple. Where the Moses was once upon a time, he was an um, idol worshiper. Hmm? His first uh, 40 years that he spent in the palace, that's what the Bible says that. He was called the Pharaoh's daughter's son. Hmm? And they had access to the temples. They had access to all these gods. He worshipped idols. But when God called him, after that, it says that he refused to call Pharaoh's daughter's sons. It means great change came in. Even in the difficult time, Moses never turned away. Even though there was so many trouble. Sometimes he, he wanted to give away, give up all the leadership. But he never turned back to the Egypt. I will go to the idol. If this God is too hard. No. But Egyptian, the, sorry, the Israelite, they turned quickly. What I'm going to say is that God wants us to be a test steadfast with him. It means steadfast in everything that we do. And even though it may be not I mean, some good time, it may be hard. But when there is a difficult time, we should seek the Lord always. You know, these people, they, when they were walking in freedom, they turned back to the idol of the Egypt. When they were in trouble, they did not go to idol. Why? Because they knew that idol would not hear them. But now the time of blessing, their faith, faith was shaken. Their faith was shaken. Look at Moses. While he was in a palace, he was worshiping idol. Now suffering with the children of God. And he never looked back. In our life, many times when we are prosperous, when we are everything good, that is the moment we forget God. When we are also exactly like those Israelites, but we should be like a Moses. We should be like a Moses. Whatever situation, Lord, I'm not going to leave you. When we are steadfast in following God, God will make a strong nature. Our life could go through many problems. We can go through loneliness and pain. We can be persecuted. Lord is watching us. Are you steadfast? Are you steadfast in following me? Even though life is not comfortable for you, are you following me steadfastly? Today, God is 
giving us a promise and speaking us, I will make you a strong nation. I will make you a strong people. He is a God who is mindful of small people. He wants us to become a strong nation, a strong people for his glory. When Whom will God make a strong nation? The one he set his love. The one who direct their family in a God way. And the, the one who stayed fast in the Lord always, whatever the situation is. The, the God is looking at us today to make us a strong nation and strong people for him. You can be small, doesn't matter. Let us abide in his love. He wants us to take good care of our family. He wants us to be steadfast in his love and uh, continue whatever the situation, you know, we will follow like Moses. Then we will see the little one would be great nation. The small family will be thousand. And do you believe that this promise of God today? Do you believe that? Mm. Let's look to God in prayer. And, uh, and here I want to conclude my sermon for today. Dear God, thank you for your promise, Lord. Your words that the smallest one will be thousand. The least among you will be thousand. Lord God, as a human, we doubt. But you are God. You have spoken to us. Lord God, you have loved us so much that we were unworthy. We were somewhere where nobody were caring. But you are the mighty God. Thank you for putting your love in us, Lord. Lord, we thank you for today, the encouragement that comes, Lord God. Help us to be steadfast in following you, Lord, in our difficult moment, in our pain, in our sickness, in our loneliness. Help us to seek you than seeking anything else, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your revelation, Lord God, this morning. Thank you for your words, Lord, as we... Depart from here as we go from this church as soon we will. Lord God, we pray that we continue to live for you, Lord. Continue to abide in your love, Lord. Every step of this week, Lord, you bless us in our job, in our work with you, in our day to day, Lord. Lord, you be with us, Lord. Help us to steadfastly, continually, persistently seek you and to walk in your way, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful time. And thank you for all the people. You bless them, Lord. In Jesus' name I ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It was not one hour. Thank you. <laughs> Good job.